This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. All right, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Hey, Daddy. Hey, Mama. So, okay. Today, what are we going to discuss? Tell them. Today, we're going to discuss why are we afraid to be ourselves? Why? And why do you think people are afraid to be themselves? Like, what is that thing that holds us back? from really being totally free to be who we are. And that's what we're going to talk about today. That's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. And oftentimes, we may not know until the very last moment what we're going to speak about till the, till the spirit hits us. Because mm. we'll be talking about several things and, you know, through the moments, through the weeks, and it hits us. And when we came up with this, we realized that this was the right thing to talk about because we got the confirmation from the universe when I don't know if you were listening recently to the sports news with Cam Newton and he was doing the press conference and they were asking him about his bravado and did, you know, did he think that that was an issue and what did he feel about people making it an issue? And he said, well, first, I'm an African-American man. And there are really no comparables to me, and you've not seen anything like me before. And if I was to live my life based upon what everyone else said, then I really wouldn't be true to Cam Newton. And I'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing it. And at that moment, I realized, well, we realized that this was what we had to talk about because he is a young man, a young man, mm-hmm. you know, saying out loud, listen, as an African-American man, there's a stigma because I celebrate in the end zone. Now, we're going to overlook the fact that Aaron Rodgers may do the discount double check. Brett Favre was slated by uh, uh, John Madden as having this boyish exuberance when he scored a touchdown. And we see uh, Tom Brady, when he scores, he gets potty mouth. But no one really has an issue with that. But now that this big African-American man has celebrated and brings his team in and, and and truthfully it's what are they playing football and what is that a game and he's having fun like he's playing a what a game even though it's a multi-billion dollar business but he's saying i'm gonna live my truth yes i'm gonna be who i am so we had to go in that direction and you know well, I just want to say this before we even get off of Cam Newton. I'm so very proud. So proud. We are so proud of that young brother for taking his stand and for doing it unapologetically. He's not apologizing. Sometimes we'll get to a place where we want to apologize for what they consider not to be acceptable. Though we've done nothing wrong, I appreciate Marshawn Lynch. I'm proud of that baby. We said, listen. You know why I'm here. Y'all know why I'm here. Okay. Stephen A. Smith, because he has said it straight. Ryan Clark this morning, because they had a candid conversation with what's my man Skip Bayless, who I dig to in his own way because despite a lot of opinions that he has that I may not agree with, he's not uncomfortable about speaking about whatever it is that he believes. But then you have a Stephen A. Smith that's going to set the record straight and is unafraid to say, listen, we as African-American, though Make very clear, we as people need to learn how to live our truths. But this is just the dynamic that supported the spirit in which we wanted to discuss this topic today. Um, This was the catalyst to it. And, you know, when we start talking about different things and, and I will say to myself, how does that relate to me? 
You know, how can I grow from the conversation we're getting ready to have? And I got to tell you, too, I've listened back to the shows, right? Mm -hmm. And Sid be like, Mama, we was there. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't need to listen to it back. We was there. But when I'm in the closet, I'll listen to the shows back. And I tell you, even though I was here, I still take something from it. Like, I still take something from it. I'm still absorbing and growing and learning. So when you said, why are we afraid to be ourselves? And as we were standing in the bathroom, I'm like, Daddy, for a long time, I was afraid to be myself. And that was with my family. Mm -hmm. You know, and the moment that the fame and the money started coming in, because I think for so long, I've always been a person. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it, baby. I'm going to tell it like it is. I'm going to say it. Like a T.I. But yes. then something happened and I got afraid to say the things that really need to be said. And as I'm sitting right here thinking about it, I don't think something happened. I think for a long time as a little girl being seven, I held on to a secret mm -hmm. for so long. So I don't think that I don't think that I was always open to say it because I didn't say that for years. Right. But what it did make me do was say it to anybody else that I thought was going to try to violate me. Gotcha. It made me be um, sometimes very abrasive mm -hmm. because if I thought you were trying to take something from me, I had promised myself as a little girl, I will never let anybody else violate me. Right. So now let me fast forward. And when it comes to my family, when the fame kicked in and the money started coming in, mm -hmm. There were things that my family was doing that made me feel like I'm just becoming the bank. I'm just becoming a check. I'm just becoming I need, I have, and the moment you say no, we have a problem. And it was almost a feeling of I was obligated right. to take care of my family. Now, there was a time I said to my mother as a little girl, Mommy, when I grow up and I become famous, because let me tell y'all something, baby, I've always been famous. Y'all just didn't know it. Didn't know okay? it. Okay? <laughs> I've been signing my damn autograph forever. I've been doing it. But y'all just didn't know it. And I would say to my mother, Mommy, when I grow up and I become famous, I'm going to make sure I always take care of you. Mm -hmm. So lo and behold, I grew up and I became famous and began to make money. And I wanted to keep that promise to my mother as a little girl. Mm-hmm. But then things began to happen where I started feeling like I was just becoming, like I said, that paycheck. I was becoming the person in the family that Monique can fix it. Right. And I don't. And initially, I think I like that. Right. Initially, I think I appreciated being the quote unquote hero. It mm -hmm. was Nikki can fix it. Aunt Nikki can make it better. Monique. Can, so I, I, I enjoyed that until it got to a place where it was becoming draining where well, the vanity of it all wore off to some degree because there was a level of attention that you received behind it that growing up oh little fat monique wasn't getting paid to paid attention to yeah in the way in which you were now being paid attention to because you were now nikki parker making movies going around doing tele you know television doing stand-up so, because it wasn't just mom. It wasn't. And when you start making money, people think you got the answers to every goddamn thing. They think you are the wizard, baby, the and wizard. you can fix it. And you don't even see yourself getting caught in the trap. Mm -hmm. You don't because, again, you appreciate, you know, I can make this better. I can fix it. And then when I begin to see the, I'm feeling like I'm being taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. That little girl of me was quick to say it. She, I'm, listen, I ain't going to let nobody violate mm -hmm. me. But I stopped being myself because I was too afraid to speak out loud to say to my family, guys, this is beginning to be a problem for me because I didn't want to lose them. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be in a place by myself. I didn't want to be in Hollywood by myself. I wanted to feel like I had some somebody I could lean on and depend on, even though I know I was being taken advantage of. Right. I was too afraid to say, y'all are taking advantage of me. And because I was too afraid to be myself at that moment, it has caused a lot of damage with me and my family. Because by the time I did say something. Uh-oh. Okay. 
Okay. How'd you say it? By the time I did say something, I said, baby, listen here, I dug deep. Okay. In my crawl. In the crawl. And I said, I said the real shit, but could I have said it nicer? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Because goddamn it, that's what that because it got so to a place where they weren't even calling saying, Nikki, how you doing? They were just calling saying, Did you deposit the money? And I wasn't strong enough to say to my father when though when he called at the beginning of the month to say, Daddy, are you crazy? Like, why won't you even ask, how am I doing? But I was too afraid because I didn't want to make nobody mad. I didn't want to piss nobody off. And I wanted to hold on to the facade that we were this tight-knit family. So with me not really being myself, this went on for years. Yeah. For me not being myself, then we became separated for years. Mm -hmm. What has it been, like six, seven years? Something like that. Where we had no communication and just recently— my mom and I have begun to have conversations, and I take the blame for some of that. That's right. Because I was just, I wasn't courageous enough to be Monique and to say, let me say this shit out loud. Now, here's the irony of all of that, or uh, and, and in terms of how it relates to our relationship and our friendship, because the person I had always seen you be mm. was very outspoken. And that I gravitated to because growing up, it's easy to not say a lot. Now, my grandmother, her Sagittarian spirit, rest her soul, would always say, be yourself, speak up for yourself and say what you need to say. But that's easier said than done. But then I would watch you and you say, well, it's kind of like if you're going to hang out with fighters you better learn how to fight. <laughs> if you h- hang out with comics, it's good to be funny. Because obviously you're going to... So if you hang with somebody that... Two things that I, I knew about you. You're going to speak your mind. And if you say you're going to do something, it was already done. Or it was in the process of happening as you were saying it. Because no grass would grow underneath your feet. And for me, that motivated me. And it said... I love and I'm connected to this person's spirit in a way that I hadn't been with, you know, your homeboys, your homegirls, because you said to me in 10th grade, one day we're going to be famous standing on the balcony. And I said, you first. So to be here and having that conversation with regards to being yourself I'd always known you to be yourself, which made me say, you better be yourself and you've got no choice but to be yourself, especially hanging out with her. So when we have conversations and we're dealing with folks in the business and we're dealing with the the big wigs and the important people. Because in our mind, we're like, well, isn't everybody important in their own way? Every goddamn body. Everybody. Say it to yourself right now. God damn it, I'm important. It allows me to have those real conversations as if they're not Tyler Perry in quotes. If they're not Oprah Winfrey in quotes. Because you're not looking to have a confrontation. You're looking to say, I love you brothers and sisters so much that I'm willing to have a real dialogue with you because I was raised by Minnie Hicks, born in 1903. And she said, be true to yourself. And then I'm your best friend. And you are mine. And your energy said, be yourself. So how are we going to now be up in these meetings with folks that may be sometimes carrying things to the left, not because they're bad folks, but because that's the way they've been conditioned to do things and we not be ourselves. So, again, I thank you for that. And this is the reason why we're saying to the people, be yourself, because you won't get a chance to get a taste of the incredible if you're anything other than you. Now, if you got intentions about just going shooting and shit and busting caps and folks, then <laughs> seek medical attention. Quickly. Quickly. 
But if you're talking about you have a dream, and I don't care how old you are, how young you are, just in being truthful with the individuals you do you deal with, be yourself. So back to the situation with your parents and your family. What brought it to a head for you? You know, I, I think that there were so many things that brought it to a head. You know, there, there were so many things that, but I just kept stacking them up. I kept stacking them up and stacking them up. And I think that the explosion came when I saw my mother and my father and my brother Steve on the Oprah Winfrey show. Before that one, with your mother in the hospital with the boys. Oh, shit. Okay, see, if this were a TV show right now, y'all would see both of us are tearing up. Yeah. Because these conversations help keep me sane. And they help keep me mentally healthy. And before Sydney came in, the way he came in, I was mentally ill. And I had this, this secret. And I couldn't tell nobody, and there were a few people that knew. And I had this secret. So I, with the secret that I was holding on to, I made sure that anybody would never do that again to me so that I would have that type of secret. So the secret was my brother had raped me when I was a little girl since I was seven years old for quite a few years. That would be Gerald. That would be my brother Gerald. You're absolutely right, my brother Gerald. And I told my parents when I was 15 years old, and that was because we had gotten into a horrible fight because he came over to the apartment with his girlfriend. I, I got to give details with this shit, okay? Give it. So he comes over with his girlfriend, and we had the air on. And his girlfriend says she was cold. Well, I told y'all I was smart in the mouth. All okay? up in there. So she said she was cold. So Gerald cuts the air off. So I said, listen, don't come in here cutting no goddamn air off. Now, if she cold, get her ass a sweater or let her go sit outside. I'm smart in the mouth, right? He cuts the goddamn air. I cut it on. He cuts it back off. So now we up at the little box, and we tussling over the air, and he politely whipped my ass. Day, okay, in front of the girlfriend. And do you think that bitch got up to help me? Well, because she was cold, damn it, and you was trying to say no. So she she was standing for her. God damn it. So you had to take that ass with him. I had to take it. So I said at that moment, I'm telling mommy and daddy. I'm telling. And how old were you? I was 15. Mm-hmm. And when my parents came home, I, uh, no, I actually told my mother. My mother didn't tell my father. My mother asked my brother, Gerald, was it true? He begins to go off. Ain't nobody done that. You know, my mother says, you got to go. So he goes and stays with my grandmother for two weeks, right? Now, I don't know what kind of pillow talk my mother and father having because you don't see his ass for two weeks and ain't no red flags going up. So I don't know what their conversations are. And this is with regards to telling him about the molestation, not yes. the fight. Got you. Thank you, Daddy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So after the two weeks, Gerald comes back as if nothing ever happened. There was no more discussion about it. There was no more nothing. It was as if we're not going to discuss it anymore, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's done with. So for years, I walked around with my family not being myself because I was too afraid to say, y'all, this happened. Mm -hmm. And it's affected me in a different kind of way. And Something's wrong, Mm -hmm. said nothing. So when I had, Sid and I had the twins, and because they were premature, they were in intensive care. Mm -hmm. So my brother, I don't know what, I don't know what brought him to California. I don't know why he was there, but my my mother and father had come to see, uh, come to the hospital to see the boys, and my brother, Gerald, was with them. And... We were all sitting down, and my mother took the boys. And I thought she was getting ready to hold them. Mm-hmm. But she then put our boys in Gerald's arms. And when I tell y'all sitting in that hospital, I was sick. 
because I couldn't say shit. And I was too afraid to say it in the moment because I didn't want a conflict between my parents. I knew if I said something in the moment, and Sydney is a very, very, very calm individual. But had I said what it was in the moment, I don't know what that situation may have been. It would have calmly <laughs> been over. Been over. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Look for us online at play.it. So when we get home and I tell Sid what it is, and he said that will never happen again. But at that moment, I got the courage to call my brother up because my mother wasn't strong enough. And now I'm a grown-ass woman, so now I got to put on my big girl panties. Mm-hmm. And I called my brother up and said, check this out. I don't ever want to see you again. And I don't ever want you putting your hands on my children ever again. And he said, Monique, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, girl, you did time for molestation. Her name is Monica. Mm -hmm. So why are we acting like we don't know what's happening? But I tell you what, I'm not mad, no animosity. I just don't ever want to see you again because whenever you come around, since I was a little girl, I get sick and I get nervous and I get, I get scared and I get all these feelings. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, why am I allowing myself to go through this? Right. So, oh, it's just so much that got me to a point of when you say what was the final straw. And the catalyst. Mm-hmm. I remember doing um, an article with Essence Magazine mm-hmm. when the movie Precious was coming out. And... I had called my mother to let her know that I was getting ready to go public about the molestation because I didn't want it to catch her off guard. Mm -hmm. I didn't want anyone to be caught off guard, what I was going to say. So my mother says to me, Nikki, to be honest with you, baby, I really didn't know what to do. Right. Both of y'all were my children. I love both of you. So I didn't know what to do, so I just wanted it to go away. And I said, Mommy, if you say that out loud, do you know how many lives you can save and how many relationships you can make better? And at that moment, it made me not look at her as my mother, but as another woman in the position that she sat in to say, what, what do I do? Because the stigma of what this looks like and what it's going to do, so let's just make it go away. So I asked her, I said, would you mind? Speaking to right. the person at Essence. She said, Nikki, I will do it. I get a call back about maybe two days later right. from the person at Essence, and they said, Monique, your mother declined. And I was disheartened because I felt like, Mommy, we could really save some people's lives. And on top of that, it could help save mine. Fast forward to the Oprah Winfrey situation. So we're going to fast forward. But when I called my mom to ask her why would she decline, Mm -hmm. she said, I just don't want to be involved in that. I don't want to have nothing to do with that. You know, if you want to say what you're going to say, you say, but I don't want nothing to do with that. Right. Now let's fast forward. Let's fast forward. To the Oprah Winfrey show. To the call. And this is y'all all a part of me not being myself. Me being too afraid to be who Monique is. So I get a call from Oprah Winfrey and she says, hey, I got a call from your brother, your brother Gerald. And he wants to come on the show and he wants to talk about, uh, he wants to apologize for molesting you and admit that that is true. And he wants to also talk to um, people about predators and knowing the signs mm-hmm. of a predator. She said, what do you think? And these were my exact words. I remember I was there. I said, Oprah, that nigga is up to no good. And when I said nigga, I heard Oprah go, <gasps> like, oh, my God, she said that. Right. So I said, that nigga's up to no good. The nigga I know is a scam. Mm-hmm. He trying to get some money. Mm-hmm. I, so, so she said, well, would you want to come on with him? And then I said, you know what, sister? 
everyone's allowed to change. Mm-hmm. And my brother may be a changed person. Mm-hmm. I just don't want anything to do with him. And yes, I'm fine that he comes on because she said, if you say no, we will pull the show. And that's what she said. And I said, sis, that may be my brother's way of getting his redemption. Let him go ahead. But I'm a pass. No problem. Plus, you were shooting the show. You couldn't come on. We were shooting the Monique show. Right. When I hung up, I said to Sydney, I said, Daddy, that sister right there is honorable because she did not have to call me and ask me anything about my brother coming on that show. She just could have had him on the show. I could have started seeing the the, the previews, and that's how it could have been. So I I had a moment of sisterhood with me and Oprah Mm -hmm. that she took out her time to call me and say, is it okay to do? Now, okay. Flip to the day of the show when we're in the trailer on lunch break from shooting the Monique show, and then it comes on the Oprah show. Who do we see? My mother, my father, my brother Steve, and this cat. uh, That's it. (laughs) And this cat. Okay, and this other cat. Okay. But when I saw my mother, I was, okay. Take your time. Take your time. People understand. When I start seeing the previews, I was disheartened because me and my mother hadn't been talking. And I explained that to Oprah. And Oprah and I had a real conversation. She t- we talked about her mom and dad as I talked about my mom and dad. And I won't share with you what we said because that's unfair, but we had a real conversation. So when I saw my mother come up in the previews, it was disheartening because I said, Sis, you know the situation. So to see my mother on that show, it was heartbreaking. And to see my father... And to see my other brother. And it's like, that's not what we agreed to. That's not what I signed up for. Because what me and my mother dealing with, I want me and my mother to deal with. I don't want the world to see my mom like that. So when I had elderly women coming up to me in the stores saying to me, what your mom did ain't right. And baby, I'll step in for you. Now I got to defend my mother because it's still my mother that people are approaching me about, telling me what she did ain't right, and it's still my mom. So because I wasn't strong enough. In the next conversation that you had with Oprah. In the next conversation, not being myself, and being politically correct because it was Oprah Oprah. Winfrey. And I couldn't say what I really wanted to say because if I would have said what I really wanted to say and treated it like we was two sisters that worked at General Motors and you pulled that shit, when we got out to that parking lot, I would have said, bitch, wait a minute. Now, you told me just Belinda was coming to the cookout, bitch. Not Belinda and Sharice because you know Sharice bring the shit. Right. But I was too afraid at that moment. And we almost laughed about it. But we knew there was an underlying tone of what you going to do? What you going to do? So the reason why this show is so important is because when you do be yourself and be unafraid to say what's real, maybe I wouldn't have had to see my mother on the Oprah Winfrey show. Well, you couldn't have done anything about that. It was just the conversation you could have had with her directly after that, that you could have done something. However, because of your impact on me, And this is where life is a wonderful thing because had we not been friends, had your being in my life not being what it was, it wouldn't have allowed me to have the conversation with her that you were unable to have. Mm. So it was one of those things where I get an opportunity to speak with her because I have to be myself. Yes. And I have to give that lady the respect because is she an icon in terms of entertainment? Absolutely. But last time I looked, she's going to have an expiration date on her lifespan as well. Just like I do, like we do. 
and like everyone listening, has to breathe oxygen just like we all do. So it was time for a real conversation. And when it was posed about, listen, how is it that you're able to reach out to her whenever you want to reach out and she takes your call, but you don't know us when we reach back out to you? We got to go through all these layers. And furthermore, do you think it was right that you would have her mother, her brother, her father on the show, and you only re- her two brothers, should I say? I'm sorry. Her two brothers, Gerald and Steve. But you only said Gerald was going to come on it. How was that right? And what she shared with me was I didn't know that the other individuals besides Monique's brother was going to come on. And I'm like, well, we haven't shot 25 years of shows. We've only done 300 shows at this point. But what we do know is every night Monique knows who's going to be on the show because she has to have the information in order to interview them properly. And come to find out some of the staff had flown to your mother's house to meet with her. So you mean to tell me you don't know that your producers have left the building to do an interview with her parents for you? So it was a conversation. And to, again, her credit, she stayed in there, hung in there. And we had an, about an hour-long conversation of real. Of real. And... At the end of the day, it would have been difficult to have that conversation if it would have happened at all. If there was not that inspiration from two Sagittarians in my life, which is my grandmother and yourself, who inspired me to say, you got to be yourself. Because, again, that sister deserved to hear the real. And there's so many of us that live in this world that maybe you have a little success Maybe you have a lot, but sometimes you have to be real or you should always be real to tell the individuals what they need to hear, not what they want, rather what they not what they want to hear, but what they need to know. And that was always our pact always. from back in the day. Mm-hmm. So we say this to individuals so that when I see an Oprah Winfrey with the master classes and living your best self. Okay, but you're not going to say it like that. Living your best self. But you're not going to say it like that. I'm going to say it exactly like that because if I did not, then I would not be being myself. Well, goddamn it, say it again, Okay, Living your best self. Live it. Okay? (laughs) Which is real. And I'm not denying what it is that she's speaking about, but it's not just speaking about it, but it's living it. Because it's easy to say a lot of things. And we've had conversations where you said, I don't want to be fraudulent to the public because I I may say certain things, but I want to be able to live it. And I'm like, but the one thing you're not trying to present yourself is perfect. You're saying I am imperfect trying to make it in the world. That is imperfect. And sometimes our expectations of others are to be perfect. So it's with love, forgiveness and respect that we speak about Oprah Winfrey. But it's designed for those individuals that don't have a platform, that may not have a friend, may not have individuals in their life that they feel like they can have a conversation with them because everyone surrounding them is caught up in the conditioning of status quo. And it's for them to say it's okay to be a free thinker. It's okay to be yourself despite the fact that other individuals around you refuse to be who they are. Because you never know by being yourself, you may inspire someone else to be themselves and you may find yourself at a moment where it's difficult for you to be yourself, but you've inspired them to be able to speak up for you because you showed them how to be themselves. See, Daddy, you catch yours. You catch yours, and that's when I'm just doing good today. <laughs> I'm just doing good today for breaking down the crime. Be. We both can't be broke down and shit. Now. We be leaving out here looking like the two at the end of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Samuel Jackson gave him the money, but they leaving out hugging each other and shit like they done, they done been tormented. We can't both break down. Because these are truly our conversations that we have in the closet. 
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Look for us online at play.it. Don't have any choice words for my mother because what I had to understand and what Sydney had to explain to me, he said, Mama, who gave it to her? And when I think about who my grandmother was, there was a lot my mother didn't get. A lot my mother didn't get. Well, she couldn't give it to me. Well, now I'm a grown-ass woman, so it's up to me to get it. And I got to stop blaming everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I used to blame Gerald for my behavior. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this because he did that to me. Mm-hmm. Until my sweet husband said to me one day, if you don't stop blaming that shit on everybody else, at what point do you take responsibility for you? And my response was, huh? That's all I could say was, huh? Because I wasn't looking for that goddamn response, but I'm grateful for it. And I think, too, Daddy, another reason why sometimes, because, y'all, I'm still challenged with Saying it when it's all good. Mm -hmm. You know, if I have a concern or issue, if we just laughing and joking, I say, you know what, by the way, yesterday you was a little mean Mm -hmm. because I don't want conflict. Mm -hmm. Because I think that I'm still struggling with how to communicate it, especially when it's people that I love. Mm -hmm. Because when I love you, it's almost like, God damn it, get it. Mm -hmm. We ain't got time to bullshit. Mm -hmm. And when I feel like, I don't want conflict just to say it. So I think communication also comes in with, you know, or do you think that communication comes in with the problem of being, are you afraid of being yourself? Absolutely. And part of the reason, in my humble opinion, why people are afraid to speak their mind and say what it is and when they're dealing with individuals that they feel may not be treating them on the up and up is because, What class do you take in school that teaches you diplomacy? You see individuals that are running for president, which is supposed to be a political position, but many of them have no diplomacy. President Barack Obama is looked at as a weak president by many, not by us, because he exhibits diplomacy. He's saying, you know what? I want to have consideration for the other individuals on the other side who I may not agree with. So as opposed to being a cowboy and just shooting off my mouth, what I want to do is think before I speak. And I think one of the easiest ways, though it is difficult, is to put yourself in the shoes of the individual that has done you wrong, or at least you feel that has done you wrong. Put yourself in their shoes and say, if you were to be addressed and you were them, what would be the most effective way in which someone could approach you so you could be receptive to what it is that they're saying to you so you can receive what it is? Is it, bitch, hold up. Okay, then. You keep doing this again and again and again, and I'm tired of this shit. I don't play that. You can't run up on me like that, yo. And yo, that's a shout out to the folks in Baltimore because they know about that yo, okay? But they like that though. They like that yo. Oh, yeah. As opposed to saying, is it all right if I speak to you about something? Because oftentimes people say things and they don't realize what they say and I believe you to be a good person. So what I want to share with you is the way you're approaching me. Would you like to be approached in a manner where it wasn't respectful? Would you like to be approached? And as you get them, because what I found is when you pose questions to individual, first of all, who's going to, who are you going to believe first? You or someone else that you're having a conversation with? Right. So if you pose a question or someone poses a question to you, you answer that said question and you answer it. Do you believe what you said? Yeah. Right. So, when you pose the question and see it's no taking it back. Mm. It's no taking it back because you said it. You answered the question. So when you say, hey, listen, um, I wouldn't like if someone talked to me like that. I wouldn't appreciate it 
if they looked at me like that. I wouldn't appreciate if they touched me like that. I wouldn't appreciate if they did me like that. So why is it okay that you do that to me? And the silence that you get from that moment is not an evasive maneuver. It is them taking the time to reflect on what it is that they did to you to make you pose the questions that they're posing at that moment so you can be the best you. And to speak to that, there's an incredible gentleman by the name of Ryan Cameron and Wanda Smith, and they do a morning show here in Atlanta, Georgia. And we just so happen to have been going on that show earlier this week, but we listened to that show, or should I say the spirit voice (laughs) said to you, tune in and listen to Ryan and Wanda at this particular moment. And as luck would have it, they were playing an an excerpt from our previous show when we were speaking about Hollywood, and they were talking about Tyler Perry, whereby... He said, you called Tyler and Oprah cheapskates, which was not the truth, because when we went on the show, we said, play the clip in its entirety, if you be so kind. And they played it. And what it simply said was, people ask me why Tyler Perry hasn't put me in one of the films or I hadn't been in a Tyler Perry film. And you simply said, because of the numbers he told me I should make, which is three to five million for a nomination and six to eight for a win. He don't want to pay me that. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. And I don't know if he's ever paid anybody a million dollars in a film or Oprah on her network for that matter. Mm -hmm. And when they played that clip and you brought that up to Ryan, whereby he said that you were a cheapskate. This man had the unmitigated gall to show his decency and say, you know what, Monique? You're right. You didn't say that. And I want to apologize to you. And what that says is we see why you're successful because this universal thing called karma can say you can make a mistake. But when you're brave enough to admit to your mistake, that's called character. Mm. And it's a difference between being a motherfucking character (laughs) (laughs) and having some motherfucking character. In the words of Winston Wolf <laughs> from Pulp Fiction. Okay. So he proved he had character. So when we have these conversations, these are not again to call people out, but it's to call them in and say to them, listen, we love you regardless. Cause all we are is human beings, but this is an opportunity to show that you have character, but you can't allow someone to show that they have character if you have not the character to be yourself. This show today is why are we afraid to be ourselves? And the conversations that we're all getting right now. See, I've had to have those conversations too because I was plain unfair. And I remember that time, Daddy, that when Mark and I were married, Mm -hmm. And we were at the house, and we were playing a game. And I don't remember what happened in the game, but whatever happened, Mark got really mad, right? (laughs) But what he got mad about, he was right. He was right. But what he couldn't do was out-argue me. Right. He could not. And because I knew that, I went to the mat on it, and then Sid said to me, what? You're wrong. Now, would you want someone, especially your husband? Now, this, 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 we, we best friends, brothers and sisters at this point, early on. You're going to tell that man that he's wrong, but you know he's right. What kind of bullshit is that? And then I said, you're just supposed to agree with me. It don't make a goddamn difference if he right or wrong. You just be on my side. Then you said. (laughs) I am on your side. That's why I got to tell you the truth. Because, again, you helped me to be myself. And now that the momentum is going, I can't stop it now. Mm. So when you love folks, 
that's indicative of you having to love yourself. You have to love yourself to be able to love people. When someone says, me being me, I can't stand that person. I can't, I can't tell you a person in this life that I don't like. Mm. I can tell you some things about people in the way in which they handle things that I don't like, but I don't know anyone that I don't like, that I dislike. I dislike what people do, but I don't dislike other human beings because oftentimes we know not what it is that they've experienced to make them the way in which they are. But when you have dialogue through being yourself and open yourself up to seeing why they're that way, just like with your mom, as bad as they wanted to dislike me, but it wasn't me because she had asked me to have a conversation with your (laughs) ex-husband. And I had to tell your mother, what do I look like having a conversation with her husband about their life? What do I look like? They're going to have to work that out amongst themselves, Miss Alice. But now I'm married to you, and then now I'm different. Well, you know what, Daddy? I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. And we know why. Because I think that that, that's a whole nother show that we've got to address. Because I think that my mom's whole issue with you, my family's whole issue was somebody's loving her right. And where will that leave us? Because for as long as I've known you, they've known you. I didn't keep you a secret. Mm -hmm. Our friendship wasn't a secret. But when it came to my mom and I, and my mom and dad's been married for over 50 years, and I never really see them being in love. I I wanted to believe the fantasy and the facade. But when I look back on it, I've never really seen those two people really in love with one another. So I think that what happened with my mom and you, Nikki ain't calling me no more for, See, for my advice. And my, when I would call my mom in reference to advice, it was always, well, shit, you, you, listen, nothing that was going to really feed my soul, but she could jump some shit off. Right. So I think that my family with you, it was, we're jealous. And you expose them and their mind to me by having conversations with me in fr- or having conversations with them in front of me that they felt that was supposed to be a secret amongst the family, not knowing that we were creating our own family so there would be no secret. So they had to dislike me before they thought that because of what I heard, I could dislike them not knowing that I could never dislike them because they're your family. I've got nothing but love for them. However, you had to have that conversation with them, just like with your brother while he was your manager. See, most people would be under the impression that I had asked to be the manager and wanted to be and had these grand aspirations. No, But it was reminiscent of, I guess Michael Corleone and the Godfather, he never had any intentions to be a part of the family business in that in that manner. But What's then the there was his brother. Then there was his brother that was the hothead, and there was your brother that was Steve that did what it was that he did and rolled how he rolled. Not a bad cat, lovely individual, but, but wasn't was too afraid to be himself. But was too afraid to be himself and allow individuals who didn't care about you, just cared about the look to talk any kind of way to you. And you had to fend for yourself because you ain't never again. When it comes to somebody getting your raggedy out in the street, Mm. there ain't no need to be overprotective. You got it. But sometimes (laughs) there's a need to know that (laughs) it's not just her voice that's shutting it down. Sometimes the voice doesn't need to cuss you out. Sometimes the voice may need to lift you up Mm. by saying, listen, you're better than what you're demonstrating. You're better than that. So you don't have to depict this situation like that. It's okay for you to play fair with her. Mm. And when they again have to answer the questions, it's a different dynamic. But we can't ever get to those things with the information that we have about how we're being treated, about how we're being depicted, about how we're living our lives. 
with it stuck in between our two ears and we are afraid to execute the vision that we have inside our minds. So when we become courageous enough to say again, and we said it before, refuse to be embarrassed out of this life because you think differently, unlike the individuals around you, because there are so many stories of so many individuals that they would judge by the yardsticks of other people's mindset only to realize that they're built differently from those people. You have an individual spirit. Everyone out there listen has, listening has their own spirit. You are not made to be a robot. You are not to be made like everyone else, but you can connect with other people and you have kindred spirits out there who are just like you in a lot of ways, but you can never connect with them if you're not yourself because if we were not ourselves, how would we know what it is or how would we have ever come to what it is that we have if we had kept our thoughts to ourselves? We would still be living in fantasy land looking for Ricardo Montalban <laughs> and Tattoo. the plane. The plane. The plane. And that's what kind of life that you'll live. Plain. Oh. As opposed to exquisite by simply just being yourself. Do y'all see or hear the importance of that? Because without it, we can make choices and decisions that won't be the best. And then we can get to the end of the road and have regrets about I wish I would have. I wish I could have, but I was just too afraid to be me. And, you know, Tommy T said something interesting earlier today. She said, you know, Monique. Who's we, Tommy T? Tell him who Tommy, Tommy T is. Tommy T. Tommy T in the place to be. Tommy T is my beautician. Now, people say uh, in the business. Stylist. Stylist. Hair stylist. But I want to say this. She wanted them old school, part your hair, grease your scalp, massage your head, Get it. plait the hair up. Now, when you got celebrity stylists, they ain't talking about they going to grease the scalp and plait your hair up. They just want you to look nice. Tommy T is a beautician, baby. Now, we put it down on the credits. Hair stylist. But Tommy T is, is, is our beautician. That's right. And, you and know. The boys, and the boy's barber. Yeah. She would be mine, but I ain't got no hair up in this piece. She's the whole family's take care of. When, when Grandma Polly coming down, Aunt Dolores, she handle everybody. That's it. And she said earlier, she said, Monique, she said, is it that we may be afraid to be ourselves because we really don't know who we are? And that's part of it, too. Because oftentimes we're looking externally when we should be looking internally because the spirit is as vast as the universe at large, but we dare not investigate it. We know more about what's happening in someone like someone's life on a reality talk show than we know about what's going on in our heart, our spirit, our minds, because it's a scary thing to investigate the unknown. Mm. And why would we be unknown to us, but somebody's business in the street, we know all about that. Come on. Because it's easier to know about someone else's business than to focus on the shop at home, which is your spirit. Come on, Lee. We have any questions, comments? Read some of the comments. What's some of the comments, Robin? I'm so sharing. And I think, too, that when we do share, it makes us better. Mm -hmm. You know, and and for y'all that's watching, and it's on the... uh, do you stream and it's on the Periscope and when you listen back to it, that's the whole purpose of this show. Speak up. Speak up. Tell them, Robin. You tell them. Tell them, Cookie, baby. Y'all will be able to. Oh, right. We both had to say at the same time. Um, These shows, every time we tape the show on Thursday, it airs on Monday. So it'll be posted up on Monday. So And that's why we do it on Periscope. So y'all can join us right now. If you do have any questions or comments, you can hear it back on the show come Monday because we're certainly going to talk about it. Please put your show on Catch. We don't know what Catch is, baby. We're going to find out. We'll find out. The book of Revelation says we are overcome by the testimony. The book of Revelations. (laughs) You are saving lives. Hey, baby, you know what? Mine is one of them that's being saved. So I want to let y'all know how appreciative and thankful we are. Because I don't think that had I had these type of conversations, I don't know that I would still be here. 
I don't know that I would still be here, at least in my right mind, you know. And Are we really in our right mind, though, anyway? Daddy, no, hell no. Okay. Sometimes I go to my seventh. Bam. Then depending on how I'm feeling, I'm in that real, that 75th mind. Bam. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, again, the excitement comes in because when you see people that are saying, I'm tired of the bullshit. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of the pity pet, Cali whack shows that ain't really feeding my soul with nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't give a goddamn about a purse or or a red bottom shoe or a nice designer dress. I want to know how can I make it better for my family? How can I become a better wife, a better mommy, a better friend? How can I do those things? And we truly believe these type of conversations will open us up to be better. Open us up to be better because we live in a world where we are under the impression that we need animosity. We need fights. Come on. We need inflammatory comments without them being followed up with reason in order to make it uh, viewable, sexy. And what we're saying is, you know what? I, we believe that there are folks out there that are just interested in having conversations that at the end of the day, have nothing to do with anything else but loving yourself and loving your neighbor. Because at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed, when you're rolling up out of the place, you'll say to yourself, a lot of the beefs that you had, a lot of the problems that you had, did they really matter? Mm. And some believe that's probably why we get the opportunity, some of us, to do it again. Because I know I've known you from another life. Yes, yes. I think we've been together Quite a few times. I believe it. I think we have been together, Daddy, because it's just too connected. It's too connected. Almost. You know, I want to share this with y'all because it's still, I don't want to say it freaks me out because that's not the right word. But it makes me believe differently in a connection. So one night we were sleeping and I was having a nightmare. And in that nightmare... Our baby Jonathan was at the top of the steps, and we have a spiral staircase in the house. And he was at the top, and it was a three-floor drop. And he was, his body was coming over. You know how they get ready to fall over? And before they, you know, it you, happened. You're looking at me like, do I know? Yeah. And, and, okay, Daddy, for you? Okay. I'm with you. And, you know, you jump up out of your nightmare. And I jumped up and said, oh! And Sid grabbed me and said, Jonathan's okay. Now, we're both asleep. How do you know what I was dreaming about to grab me and say, Jonathan's okay? That's what makes me say, when he talk, I listen. And I believe in him. And I trust him. And I don't know how many of us can say that about our mates that I simply believe in him, as, as he believes in me and we believe in each other. And we believe in each other. But we believe in each other. So with that being said, we're going to leave him with this. Come on. You got to believe in something. Why not believe in me, baby? Come on. That's what Richard Pryor, oh, oh, come oh, on. Oh, they it, don't want it. It's, oh, it's 2 o'clock. What have I It's I 2 o'clock, that's right. Done that's that. to you. Hey, baby. To, well, Daddy, don't get me started on my goddamn concert now. Okay. Then you're going to break up the concert. got to break it up. Y'all, we had an amazing time today. Don't forget, February the um, 5th and 6th, we're going to be at the Dallas Improv in Dallas, Texas. Uh, February uh, 19th and 20th, we're going to be at West Palm Beach, Florida, at the Improv. And February 26th and 27th, we're going to be at the Houston, Texas Improv. When are you going to be at the Apollo? Come on now, in May 6th. Okay, then. May 6th, May 6th. And if y'all want to reach us on Facebook with any of your questions or comments, you can do so at Mo and Sid's Open Relationship. Let's send it like professionals. Two o'clock. How are we going to shut it down? Thank you for tuning in. <laughs> Come on now. Okay, 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 okay. Take two. Okay, come on, come on. Some Give it bullshit. Again. Don't do it, Daddy. Come on. Now. Thank you for tuning in to Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. And remember, the mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. Take your ass on. <laughs> Daddy, well, come on, get me kissed. You can't tell me. Take my ass on now. <laughs>
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.